0: The greatest feeling you can get in a gym or the most satisfying feeling you can get in the gym is the pump. Let's say you drain your biceps. Blood is rushing into your muscles and that's what we call the pump. Your muscles get a really tight feeling like your skin is going to explode any minute. You know, it's really tight, it's like somebody blowing air into, into your muscle. It just blows up and it feels different. It feels fantastic. It's as satisfying to me as uh, coming is. You know, as uh, having sex with a woman and coming. So can you believe how much I am in heaven? I'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym. I'm getting the feeling of coming at home. I'm getting the feeling of coming backstage when I pump up. When I pose out in front of 5,000 people, I get the same feeling. So I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right? (laughs) So, you know, I'm in heaven. Hi, this is Arnold.
1: Uh, You're in...
0: Welcome to Question Block. Hi! This is season two of Secret Loft's live educational historical comedy podcast. And thank you for joining us. I'm Wires of NYC, and with me is...
1: Aerialist.
0: Wonderful. Uh, it's a new year. New you. Do you have any resolutions?
1: I'm going to get snatched. Let's. Should we get snatched this year? <laughs> We're going to
0: get snatched this year. My two real resolutions I had. One is I want to go to lunch with people more often, including with you. We could maybe do a lunch podcast. But I want to try to go out for lunch more with my friends. And my other one is I want to eat better. I want better nutrition. I already eat pretty well, but I want to really lock it in this year. So we figured just to help me out, we would do an entire podcast about fitness goals and nutrition goals. It's particularly appropriate, or I guess easy, for you because you are a fitness professional.
1: I'm the most professional.
0: What are your What's your certification?
1: That doesn't matter.
0: You have like a dozen of them, right? Yes,
1: and you're, you're like
0: gymnastic certified. You're kettlebell certified. I'm CrossFit
1: certified. I'm a CrossFit bro. CrossFit- I'm a precision nutritionist. Here's the bottom line: nobody cares about how much you know.
0: No one cares about your certs
1: it's all about how much you care.
0: It's all about how you flow.
1: That really is the bottom line. You can tune out like right after I say this, if you have a bad attention span, the fitness and nutrition that will work for you that you'll stick to, that's the best one for you. And the best like fitness professional or trainer, trainer, physical therapist is the one that cares about you and your lifestyle, not what not what's like wrong with you and your lifestyle
0: long story short okay that's a great a very like informative helpful opening should i buy a shaker bottle is that important
1: depends on your goals <laughs> okay.
0: is this, depends this,
1: on is, how often you're going to wash it
0: what about constant oh good they yeah, have that's a very good, what about constantly drinking gatorade
1: are you trying to bulk up bro
0: does that does gatorade help you bulk up Yes, it does. (laughs) Unless
1: it's it's calorie-free Gatorade.
0: Oh, true. Yeah. Unless it's vitamin water. No, we'll get to, let's get to some actual listener questions that you could address as a fitness professional. I did some reading on the history of fitness and nutrition.
1: Yeah. I don't really know that much about the history other than what they tell you at the different certifications. Well, let me
0: tell you about where your profession comes from. <gasps> oh, okay, yeah, um, thank I'm gonna you. I'm going to try sir. to speed through the history of all fitness and nutrition. It's a sprint, so,
1: not a marathon. A, <laughs> yeah.
0: So the the most important takeaway and the thing that you should remember from this episode is the word gymnastics is derived from the Greek word gymnasine, which literally means to exercise naked.
1: Amazing, because I already do that.
0: It's like a Greek guy shows up at the American gym and he's like, "It's but it says right in the name.
1: Calisthenics comes, it means beauty, beauty strength. And I'm like, is that my, is that my name? Oh, like, that's an <laughs> elegant word. Welcome to the stage, Calisthenics. I
0: always thought it was related to like cows or something. <laughs> like cow-less, like, cause it's thinner. <laughs> Cow, cowthenics. Like a skim milk type thing. A Slim yeah. gym. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. The history of fitness, as you can probably guess, is very tied in with the history of sport and athletics. So in prehistory, so this goes back even before written writing to cave paintings. In Lascaux in France, there are like cave paintings that depict sprinting and wrestling that they think were painted uh, 15,000 years ago. In some some ancient like Neolithic caves in Mongolia that they think were painted in 7,000 BC, there's a wrestling match surrounded by crowds. So even before they were had a written language, people were like wrestling and gambling on the wrestling. And then there's a... Uh, Paintings in Egypt in some some tombs showing swimming and archery in 10,000 BC, way before the pyramids. I'll tell you, it's kind of like the sports that we know of of a couple uh ancient civilizations.
1: Sports were these like sacrifice sports, or is this, or are they like they also wanted to get snatched.
0: So these, they don't think it, it's not like the Greek Olympics, which were like a tribute to the gods. These, as far as they can tell from these cave paintings, is there wasn't necessarily a religious co- like aspect to it. They just people like sports.
1: Like cave painting of guy flexing in mirror.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. Cave painting of like one, one bro spotting his friend. Whatever. <laughs> he has like a halo. Yeah, so so in uh, ancient Sumer, Sumeria, which is the Middle East, right? Uh, wrestling was very popular. In, uh, in the epic of Gilgamesh, it's a form of belt wrestling. Gilgamesh and his friend Enkidu, and there are cuneiform tablets that also talk about Gilgamesh's wrestling match. Uh, so that's around like 3000 BC. The Egyptians had like a whole variety of sports. They had wrestling, weightlifting, pyramid building. Pyramid building is not a sport. That's a team. I guess it's a team sport. You're competing against gravity. Long jump, swimming, rowing, archery, and fishing. And they had for I don't know why this kept showing up in my research of like there's a lot of like when do ball games emerge? When does like kicking or throwing a ball around?
1: When they invented the wheel. They're like round stuff. <laughs>
0: Maybe before, right? Because the Egyptians didn't use wheels to make the pyramids, but they had balls that they were like playing ball games with. Probably not basketball, but something like it. Uh, And then we get to the Greeks, and the Greeks are like the most famous ancient athletes.
1: So, were they doing it to get hot yet or no? They were just doing it for fun. Why?
0: They were doing some of it. The Greeks also realized the importance of uh, training for like warriors too, right? So, like Athens and Sparta and all their warriors. So this is actually interesting that the Olympic Games are really more about mimicking the strength of a warrior or things that warriors would do. So like javelin, they did not want to emulate the hardiness and physical strength of the peasant or manual laborer because that kind of strength was considered too slow and unagile for competition, be it in athletics or war. So their exercises required powerful dynamic movements, specifically ballistic training and plyometrics. So ballistic training is throwing stuff.
1: Well, I imagine they had plyo boxes. They're like, yo, what's your vert?
0: Well, no, What's but they your were, vert, son? But it was columns. You would jump on top of like a Doric column. That's why that's all their sculptures look like that. That's actually people exercising and they land on top of the column. So cute. Oh, it is worth noting. I thought this was neat that there was like a religious connotation. And so funeral games were a thing.
1: That would have been great for Arnold because he famously missed his father's funeral because he was at the gym but if it was back in, like, these times, he would he would be like, he could do both, you know? We that's, need to bring that back. That's
0: how he honored him. Yeah, that's how you could honor him. I like that, though, that you could just, like, you know, if somebody's grandmom dies and you all you feel bad, you then go play some, like, pick up basketball. Yeah, endorphins. Yeah, the Greeks knew it. We've only recently rediscovered it. And then there were a bunch of, I guess, other... Sports. I thought it was funny that in Ireland, there's this game called hurling, which is still played it's today. It's
1: up after you drink a lot.
0: <laughs> Haha! No, they don't. They can hold their whiskey or Guinness. It's this combination of lacrosse and field hockey. So you have a field hockey stick, but you're swinging it wildly in the air and using it like a bat to like smash this it's ball.
1: Very ir- It sounds very it's, Irish. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's what I thought I read about. I was like, oh, that's a super Irish game. But hurling's been around for what they think it's like a couple thousand years old.
1: Okay, so I just want to know. These people, yeah. they were like fit though, right? Like they were like they had like the abs, they had like the 300 abs or whatever, right? So this stuff was that's why it was more for fun. Like they were like there wasn't like a Greek person, ancient Greek person who was like was like, "Oh my god, I look like shit. Like I need to yeah, so right? uh, it was all
0: uh, very functional. It was to compete and win these sports. Okay. And then once the Olympics were banned, this is kind of key, is that the Romans banned the Greek Olympics in like 300-something AD. And so once they banned it, th- like it kind of ended organized sports for like a very, like over a thousand years. And it was more like local competitions. But people, people still... Would play games like that. But like the the concept of having a national level like athletic competition didn't exist for a long time.
1: But people still were just like doing it for the competition. No, it was no one's like New Year's resolution or anything, right? No. Okay, so when did that happen?
0: When did personal fitness happen?
1: Right, because that's what we're talking about, right?
0: Yes. Okay,
1: because I didn't play organized. I hope we weren't expecting organized sport talk. Because
0: I No, I was gonna quickly go through though, because that is where personal fitness came from. But personal fitness is is totally a product of the modern age. The whole idea of getting fit, and it's really a post World War II thing, started in America. I, w- I will, I like, I want to briefly delve into like the kind of like rediscovery, right? The Olympics like restarted in like
1: 1897, right? Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Those crazy Olympics, and
0: they were like, let's have an international sporting competition. And at first, it was amateurs, and then became professionals, and now it's the modern Olympics we know today. And then the the concept of this, I thought was really neat because in other episodes, we've talked a lot about the uh, Puritans taking over uh, England, right? And like the origin of Thanksgiving and everything. So in the 1600s is actually when professional sports leagues started. So the Puritans banned sports um, along with music and dancing and a bunch of other stuff. They were no fun in the like early 1600s and then the Puritans were overthrown and uh, and they, Charles II came back to power in 1660. That is when like sports were allowed once again. And at that point, for whatever reason, Everybody got like super into it. And that's when like local like rugby teams started up, which even today, like now it's like Manchester United and like local sports teams or soccer teams. That's when they started having the concept of professional sports leagues and people would actually travel to other like cities to be a professional rugby player or I guess it was cricket, cricket player for that team. So it was like the Anglican church taking power again in the UK in the 1600s is what led to professional sports leagues today and everything evolved from there. I think, everybody, yeah, everybody has a good idea of like sports leagues or when gen, like different sports were developed, but we're talking about fitness. And so, you know, at that point, then it was for more athleticism, be it like local and formal athletics or playing with your friends or being like a professional athlete or representing your country in the Olympics. And then the sort of personal fitness revolution or the idea of just being fit for the sake of being fit. CrossFit Cross is fit. the sport of fitness. It's the sport of fitness.
1: I like that you're like yeah. subtly throwing shade. On. I know. Cause what I is this? What is this cross-training what business? Is this?
0: <laughs> yeah. So personal fitness emerges after World War II. So it is non-organized, individualistic, health-oriented, and recreational activities such as jogging. Like that's when they become popular. It was popularized by actually this like training manual for the Royal Canadian Air Force. This guy, Dr. Bill Orban, in 1961, basically published the Royal Canadian Air Force's training manual. It sold 23 million copies. It became super popular. And then a US Air Force colonel copied this, released his own book called Aerobics in 1968. And the mass market version was called The New Aerobics. Uh, that came out in 1979. And that's what really launched aerobics and the idea of per- like jogging and going running by yourself, not in any professional capacity, but just for health.
1: Do you think this is because people were just like naturally fit because they were like working and stuff and then the industrial revolution happened or slash they stopped being jacked from like being in the war. And so they were like, oh my God, ew, and then they had to do something about it. Is that what you think?
0: There's a lot of cultural forces at play, but without question, throughout the 20th century, Americans got way more sedentary, as in sitting a lot, and a lot fatter. And everybody uh, ended up, despite like all the advances in nutrition science, everybody eats, you know, in ge- on average, people eat way worse, because they eat way more processed food today. So probably it was in response to some of those trends that everybody realized they were getting in worse shape. And like, yeah, part of that is, like, way fewer people work on farms now. Um, there's way more, like, way more people drive, but a lot of is also probably diet, and people watch way more television than they, than they used to. But we're not here to critique or harangue people or complain about the modern lifestyle. There's also been a whole larger decline of, like, civic institutions in America post-World War II, way less people involved in their local city council or in their churches or whatever else, and people have talked about this weird epidemic of loneliness, in America, or kind of throughout the like modern world, and social media doesn't help it at all, and probably also the rise of personal fitness and like solo physical activity is like related to that too. So there's way less housework these days. I'm sure back in the '60s, people were like, "It's these stupid microwaves and refrigerators," and then you these were gonna like say washing women. machines. <laughs> Oh no, but 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 they but people probably were like, oh, women aren't like doing as much housework, so they're like not burning as many calories,
1: so they're fat.
0: <laughs> Although, what is considered like desirable physique also totally changed, right? Because throughout like the early nineteen 19- hundreds, there's all these ads for how women can gain weight and like weight gaining pills and stuff, and all the dietary regulations we'll talk about when we do. We'll cover nutrition a bit later. Prior to the 1960s and 70s, all of the food guidelines were how to eat more of stuff because nutritional deficiencies were like the major like illness and like problem that people had. And then it's really post 70s that it became like, wait, eat less of certain things because people everybody was smoking, is obese. smoking
1: a lot of weed in the 70s. They had the munchies.
0: That's like that. that's what did it. There have been various fitness trends, which I'm sure you'll talk about. But in the 70s, there was like this huge running trend. And that's when like running shoes, sneakers and athletic trainers became like really popular and a thing that you wear all the time.
1: You know, in the 80s, there became jogging, which jogging is like the most detrimental thing to the fitness industry probably ever because Why? well because it was like oh anyone can run like anyone can run it's called jogging so it forced people to not run well because jogging like if you jog if you if you go like super slow like that your form deteriorates and then they um they had all these shoes that were like super heel cushy and that ruins your gait
0: oh it's not bad for the fitness industry it's bad for the fitness of actual people who do it
1: yes exactly the industry and,
0: was able to sell a lot of shoes well yeah
1: i mean it was great for the industry it was very bad for like people and i think whenever i would talk to clients when i was working in the commercial gym there would always be a point where they were like i think i should start running or jogging and i would i would say like well, why and they were like well it's i don't know i should right like it's it's do. just like instilled in them and i was like no unless you really really want to run like you have a really like I want to run a race, a marathon kind of thing. Like, don't do it. Like, it's it'll fuck you up so bad. <laughs> versus like, okay, the 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 risk reward of it. Like, if you want to run, you should learn how to run properly, and you should like focus on that. But well, you shouldn't do it as like means. Well, to wait, an how end. does
0: how does jogging differ from just like distance running, like training for a marathon?
1: The marketing of running as jogging made people feel like they could just put on a pair of jogging shoes and just do it. And that's, like, super not true.
0: Okay, that you didn't need a trainer or to focus on form.
1: Right. It was just, like, anyone can do it. Or it that is...
0: you should do it while holding, like, very light little weights. Oh, yeah, don't even get even, me started. Which even, like, <laughs> 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 further that's wrecks wha- your form. Yeah. Okay. I mean,
1: you don't need, it like, a trainer, but you you should treat it like you're wanting to learn a, a skill-laden sport <laughs> as opposed to, like, just walking it should have been like walking that should have been the the thing but anyway
0: do you want to answer some questions
1: let's talk about people's goals that they might have can i
0: give you a question we got from a listener
1: sure yes go ahead
0: how do you find a trainer if you decide that you've decided that for the new year you want to start going to the gym and you're going to get a personal trainer to keep you like accountable how do you find a trainer You, you do you look them up online what do you do
1: well, if you want, want one, you should go ask yourself why you have a certain goal, because a lot of people are like, they think it's osmosis. So they're like, if I get a trainer, I am going to be in shape. And that's just like generally if they don't get like specific about it. So you should, you know, if you're like, OK, I want to I want to have a four pack of abs by this time and I can't do it on my own. I've tried. I need like professional advice. And that's why you want a trainer. You should first see if you have any friends that have like gotten results, and go by recommendation because
0: yeah, that makes. Sense. That's
1: I think that's like number one that like someone has success with it and you've like seen it work. The other thing that you could do is join a gym and make it a goal just to go there at least once a week for a month. You, you can even go there and walk on the treadmill or whatever but then you can like spy on the trainers So go at the time that you would want to train see who's like who's training who see if you see like a change in the clients because once you when you walk into a gym you're just gonna get sold like pe- like pe- everyone's gonna lie to you pretty much you're well just gonna- i think a
0: lot of so yeah a lot of gyms when you I, i'm saying this from the amateur perspective right because you have the expert perspective when i Like, one summer in college, because I used to work out at my college's gym, then for summer I was home, so I joined a Gold's gym because I wanted to weightlift with my friend, and we would meet three times a week to, like, lift weights, and they very much kept, like, they really wanted us to do a session with a personal trainer, and I, like, it wasn't clear to me if they were, like, are they, like, contractors of the gym, or are these just, like, people who are friends with the front desk people who want to train me, or, like. They don't make it very clear, like if how, I and for that, I was like, I know the exercise I want to do. I don't need a trainer, but what is the deal? Like, where do personal trainers even come from? Are they like employees of the gym, or are they just they're people who just hang out there?
1: So if you're going to a commercial gym like a crunch, New York sports Club, gold, they're employees of the gym, they work on or they work on commission. so, if they sell you on a big, on a big package, then they get a commission off of that. In addition to like their per session rate. So if they're, if they have like more certifications or more like seniority, they'll, their rate is going to be higher. So you shouldn't, if you're going to like a commercial gym, you shouldn't necessarily like nickel and die, like bargain because then you're going to get a very green trainer who probably doesn't know anything. Cause like, so I used to work at Crunch, right? I um when I was hired, I was hired uh level one, two, three elite and master. I was hired as an elite trainer right away just because of like my certifications. And then master, you'd had to be there for like a certain amount of years to get that. So a master trainer. Yeah. Nice. So it doesn't, you know, it's not like okay, the person just started at the gym. It's like they they're if they're like cheaper, it's because they're a lower, like, because they're cheaper. It's, <laughs> they're worse. Yeah. Um, they're worse at training. So, yeah. So, trainers are employees of the gym. They do work on a commission. It's, it's all like a sales thing. The other thing is like membership. If membership sells you training, the membership will get the commission. So that's why the membership is like, oh, do you want to buy training with your yeah. with your um, membership? And then they'll sort of like pass off that package to a trainer in the gym.
0: Are the good, this seems intuitive, but maybe not, are the, the best trainers going to be more fit looking? No. Because some of the best coaches of like sports, you know, look like Bill Belichick. They're like a marshmallow or whatever, but they like are, you know, really understand the sport.
1: Yeah, the, so- I feel like I'm I was the anomaly for that because I'm like pretty ripped. I'm pretty pretty jacked. Uh and I I was the best trainer at Crunch. And I am the best trainer ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of the trainers there were just like they were just in shape. Like they were just in shape, but they would do the dumbest stuff. And they like there was this one guy who was he, like, you know, he had, like, an eight-pack, and he was really strong, too. He would, like, just do these workouts where he would lift, like, crazy weights, but it was definitely, like, some sort of, he played a lot of sports in the past, and it was, like, some sort of genetic
0: Yeah, I think if thing. you're an, an athletic person in your 20s who spends several hours a day at the gym, which is, like, a trainer, you, you're probably going to be look pretty fit, right?
1: Uh. Not necessarily. There were a lot of, tra- actually there were trainers that spent a ton of time that like almost lived at the gym and they looked wor- like like it got worse because they were so busy that they didn't have time to like work out. Oh. So you don't want to pick a trainer that looks tired. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to pick like a trainer that looks like exhausted or like has like bed head or whatever. Look, you know, you want someone enthusiastic, kind of like picking a pet. You want like a perky.
0: You want the pet that comes over to you. Yeah. When you go to the shelter bounce over to you there were uh
1: there were trainers that were they had a chip on their shoulder because they were like oh they were on a fitness journey themselves and so they were they would go above and beyond like they would like text their you know they'd be like what are you eating oh my god like put that down switch it out for that like they were like super controlling and like on it and and they i I remember there was this one guy.
0: To me, that would be annoying, but I guess I could see people who that would like benefit.
1: There was this one guy who I remember this girl was like, oh, my God, why would I train with him? He looks like a circle. And then the next day I saw her like she was like he was just like putting her through it because I think he was like, I'll give you a free session like you know, just take it, see if you like it. And he would, he would like destroy people. And then they would train with him like five times a week and he would get results because he was like, you know, like the dominatrix, like circle master (laughs) trainer.
0: That's great. Yeah. So he just knew a ton about training and how to like push people to their limits. Yeah. Okay. So it's really just, you got to try them out.
1: Try them out. If you feel like you're being sold and you're not believing it, then don't buy it. That's, you know, It. but I would do like some spy research. I would just like go to the gym and just be like, what's up? Like, just sort of look around. They will talk to you too. If you're new, they're going to come over and be like, hey, want a free session? And here's like an interesting thing. You could be like, okay, what? Tell me about the other trainers. Like, tell me about you. Like, what's everyone's vibe? And if they're like only talking about themselves, then they, they're they like super salesy and you're not going to get like yeah. the truth.
0: You want an honest accounting where they're like, this is my style. This is these other trainer styles. And you can figure out which style will match what you want to do.
1: Yeah. I, like I would turn people away all the time because they were like, oh, I want like, I don't know. Like I, I would do like fitness stuff that worked with people. And a lot of people were like, You know, they were like, I want, um, let me see this. Oh, this one lady, she wanted to Olympic lift with me and I looked at her squat and I was like, I have to make sure your squat is good before I teach you this like very technical thing. And if you don't like that, then you shouldn't train with me. And she like freaked out at me and yelled at me and she didn't end up training with me, but I was like, (laughs) fine. I was like, yeah, I I don't want to be stuck with that. Nice.
0: Um, okay. So that's kind of how you find a a trainer. So then how do you get motivated to, to actually go to the gym or if you're working out at home or you're running, how do you get motivated to do it like every day or every other day?
1: Well, you set your expectations and your goals extremely low. That's literally the key to motivation. Because if I say I want to go to the gym 10 times a week and I go nine times, which is a lot per week.
0: You'll then I'll be like sad. But if yeah. I'm
1: like, I want to go one time and then I go nine times, I'm like, oh my God, like I freaking rock. So just set your goals like super low. And then once you can like totally master that, then you can bump it up a little bit and just like keep, you You kind of want to like wring the sponge out before you, you know, like wring <laughs> all the water out before you like um go get more water goal-wise mm-hmm. so you want to be you want to do the least to get the most and then when you like aren't getting results from that then just like tweak it a little more if you try to go like from zero to a hundred real quick you're probably gonna like end up at like 45
0: I think this is one reason that so many people get a personal trainer is that it it helps to have somebody holding you accountable so I've always worked out with like a partner like I'd gone I'd like I'll have a roommate and I go to the gym with them and so that and also then you have a spotter too. But I think working out with a partner or a friend, or like that's one reason probably people join leagues, like a kickball team or something, is that like there's somebody then who even if you don't feel like going, if they feel like going, this worked for me really well. I I would be like, I'm busy and I don't want to go to the gym and they're like, Come on, dude, like you have to come with me. It's seven PM. It's like we're gonna go
1: Are you talking about this. me? <laughs>
0: You also serve this role in my life now, but uh, so many many roommates like in college or grad school, it was similar though. We'd have a time we are going to meet at the gym and if you don't go, you kind of leave them hanging because they don't have a spot now. So you have to go. And once you're at the gym and you've done all the work to get there in your like workout gear, you might as well work out. And then like by the end of the hour or whatever, you feel like pretty good. Endorphins.
1: Yeah, it's true. Once you... What is it? Once you've begun, you're halfway done?
0: <laughs> it's I think it's completely true. If you could even say your goal is just like, I'm just going to get on my workout clothes and get to either my like home workout room or get out my yoga mat or whatever. Like I will just begin like whatever workout could be the goal. And if you achieve that, you'll do the workout probably ninety percent of the time.
1: and I would say also, just remember what why because this this question says it says how do you stay motivated?
0: Yeah, how does your personal trainer keep you motivated?
1: They degrade you and no. Um well, number 1 you're paying them. So you know, I would always remind people like if a lot of times clients would start to, you know, I would Someone's give them goofing around. Well, yeah, I would give them like a little break and then they just keep talking or after the break and I was like, "No, like you got to lift. Like time is my, I was like, "You're paying me. Like come on, let's do this." Um so I think paying for stuff it really does help. Pay- even paying for the, I mean, there are a lot of gyms kind of harp on this. They're like, "Oh, you're gonna pay for the membership and then not go." But maybe paying for like a nicer gym, like an Equinox or like a, you know, like a, a gym that you like the surroundings instead of like the cheapest one, that might motivate you to go. But you, you have to know what motivates That's you. You've now
0: put money on the line for like the thing that you say you're gonna do. This worked when I was. Like even when I was pretty good at guitar, I kept paying for guitar lessons because if I showed up and hadn't practiced like several hours of guitar that week, I felt really bad both because the teacher would be kind of like disappointed and like I was like, I've just, I just threw away like $60 like by not getting better this past week so that I can learn new stuff.
1: Yeah. And I would give everyone homework to do, you know, gym, gym homework because I was like spinny henny. And so people didn't they couldn't afford to train with me as much as they wanted to train in general to get to, to their goals. So I would say, okay, you're gonna you're gonna come in like on these days and do this work. And I would see them like when I was training other people, I would like see them doing their homework and I'd give them a high five. High fives, that's how your trainer's gonna motivate. You. Give you high, five, give say you high fives,
0: say good job. That's one thing I always wondered. It's like personal training is much more like a therapist where it's gonna be a long term relationship rather than like going to a class where you like graduate and know how to do personal fitness?
1: Well, here's the, here's the thing. Most of my clients knew how to do everything by themselves. You know, they knew they, they knew I didn't keep any secrets from them. I was like, here's what we're doing. Here's how it works. da, da, da. But it was the accountability of having someone there and also having someone watch their form. And it's, it's a luxury. It's like, you know, getting your hair done as opposed to doing it yourself or like, um, getting your taxes done. I don't know. I suppose it's just like, it's outsourcing something where you can, where it's like not stressful. Cause you're like, this person is going to take care of it for me. Also, we had this thing called a fit grid that was, you know, the person would say, here's my goal. And you would say, okay, how many times a week do you want to train? And you would, you know, you'd mark off like.
0: You've got like worksheets.
1: Yeah. So you'd go, okay, it would just be this big like grid and you would mark off like times per week. And then you'd say, this is how long you'd be like, by week three, you know, your body fat should be here. And like, or like you should be able to lift X amount of weight by week three. And then you'd check back at the fit grid and be like, oh, okay, we're going according to plan.
0: Yeah. In the, the software engineering world we call these project milestones.
1: Yeah, that's my projects.
0: Yeah. Well I guess your personal fitness is a project. So you want to check in on your milestones, make sure you're like achieving your goals. True. That's true. The follow-up or what would maybe wrap this all together is is this like person is it seems like a big part of what they're asking is how do I make fitness like a habit that's part of my life? Um, And they're, granted, they're asking specifically in the context of with a personal trainer, but I think that's a problem a lot of people have, and it's like everybody jokes about that's how gyms, like their whole profit model is everybody will join in January, they'll quit by February, and then like like, if all of a gym's members actually use the gym, it like wouldn't work. It'd be way too crowded, but they make all their money from people not going. So everybody's very good at getting started or hiring the personal trainer. And even if you've selected a good personal trainer, how do you make it a habit that you're always going to do the thing?
1: Start really, really slow, which people hate. They're like, I want results. No! But just start super, super slow. Like take your goal. Let's say, I don't know, give me a goal. Like a, you know.
0: Uh, I want to be able to do a a freestanding handstand for a minute.
1: Okay. So... Just take that and you go. That's like long term, and then just just break it down. Be like, okay, well, you know, let's see where your like skill level is with that, right? And you're gonna work on this like sub skill of that and master that. And your like smallest goal is gonna be just to master that like sub sub goal.
0: Yeah, to do a wall handstand for a minute.
1: It's also setting. I guess setting mini goals that make you excited so instead of being like oh i want to walk every day just be like this week i'm going to walk twice and in your calendar put like a little s- cool like sticker or something in there whatever whatever gets you excited um and just sort of just just go mind numbingly slow like if you go at a glacial pace goal wise <laughs> and you set like super tiny goals that you can achieve very very easy then they'll all add up to your bigger goal. But if you set like a massive big ass goal, it's it like never it never works just using that as the thing, as the motivation.
0: Yeah, and there are like apps, apps that will like gamify some amount of this.
1: But only if that works for you. If you're not an app person, then don't do that. Like if your friend is, then Mm -hmm. they should do that. But you have to do what
0: works for you. Like when you get steps to like yell at you. If you're like just a couple, like a yes. couple hundred steps short of your like of ten thousand, you're like, okay, fine, I'll go around the block. So a one of the times.
1: easiest things that people can do for for fat loss slash weight loss, because you know, if you're if you're like a, if you have a lot of like weight to lose, we just call it weight loss, because well, it's it's just we you just need to you get it, it off loss. to be okay. like healthy, whatever. Yeah. Um, and if it's fat, fat, is fat just loss, just become
0: leaner. Yeah. Even but if this, you're already kind of in shape.
1: Exactly. And so this will be beneficial for any any of those kind of like small getting smaller goals. It's just like walk, walk more,
0: I mean, all of our listeners are absolutely stunning, fit people stun. they're stun so, so this is maybe just for for their for friends. them to get even a little leaner, yeah, for their friends, yeah, to talk. Um, yeah, what is it? Walk,
1: just walk more. So you can look at your phone. It'll tell you how many steps you're doing. You you don't even need an app. I think every phone has something that tells you. And just try and up that by a little bit. Like, let's say you're doing 3,000 steps, which is like a mile, right? Try and do 4,000. And then when you've made it a habit to do 4,000, try 5,000. And try, they say 10,000 steps because that's like, that's three miles, give or take. So that's like a general goal for people. But if you if you increase your amount of steps, that fixes so many things. Like I can't even tell you like how many people, they're like, how many clients I've had that are like, I don't know why I've gained like this teen, like, like their body fat went up like a teeny bit, but they couldn't figure out like why. And it, we're like, we're like doing like all these like equations and like digging deep into their life and all this stuff. And then it it came out that they they're like, "Oh, yeah, I used to walk from the subway, but now my husband's been picking me up. And like the you know, in the car, and the second they start like walking more, it just like everything solved. like it it makes such a huge difference. And it's like you don't feel like you don't feel like you're doing anything that crazy. but it it's it helps everyone. <laughs>
0: But what kind of shoes should you wear if you're going to up your walking?
1: You should wear shoes that fit that fit you well, that aren't too cushy but aren't too hard that lace up. Basically shoes if you had to sort of sprint across the street, they you wouldn't be worried about them like falling off your feet or you wouldn't be like ow.
0: Okay. So like any walking shoe? Or are those too cushy?
1: Yeah, I so
0: some some Converse. I all-stars. like
1: cross yeah CrossFit or not They've disbanded from CrossFit. Re- Reebok Nanos, Reebok Nanos are like a really good jumping off shoe for for like walking. People find that like generally comfortable. If you like a lower shot, shodding is like how cushiony it is. If you like a lower shotting one, Vivo Barefoot that's,
0: makes good. That's funny because shotting is like. What you do to like that's putting a horseshoe on a horse. Yeah, and Shotting, shotting
1: It's it's like how thick the horseshoes. Mm-hmm. Fila has some nice shoes too. I mean, you can go to a shoe store, try on some shoes, like you know, walk around, see if you like them. <laughs> they, I mean, number one, they should be comfortable. You know, if you try them on and you're like, this sucks, then that then, then no. But no flip flops, no like.
0: So walk more, which does like you have to make time to do, right? Yes. Granted, that's like podcast time. So you can listen to questions. You can block. listen to this. <laughs> but you do have to make time to walk more, which is something I'm guilty of like not doing enough of.
1: Well, you can do it in little ways. Like, let's say, let's see. Okay. Let's say you're in a car sub- suburbia, which like I don't have experience with, but I've been told stories. Just park farther from the thing. Like park. See, there's a big ass like parking lot at like wherever you're going. Just park like. The furthest away from the thing, the the entrance that you can. There oh, you go. Yeah. That's a good one. That's like just start with that. Literally, just do that every every place you go. Just park the furthest away and just do that, and and you will see that that alone. If you do that for like a month, that will make a difference. I I promise you. If you're not like eating more, like yeah, if you're not because you know there's people. What what about this?
0: And then uh, at least with, because I'm like a you know software engineer in my day job. Uh, Because Question Block doesn't yet pay all of our bills, Um, like standing desks are really big for like for programmers, for like developers. Although a lot of people like quickly with they'll get the standing desk, like spend thousands of dollars on it, and then within like three months they're just like sitting at it all the time. So yeah, how do you use a standing desk and keep using it? I know you can just like say stand at it, but. Or, like, I used to have the problem I would, like, work at the standing desk, but if I had a hard problem or wanted to concentrate, I had to, like, sit down. Like, it was too distracting yes. standing.
1: So you want a... Something, like, textured under your feet or a little Captain Morgan little little perch a for one of your feet? Of,
0: barrel of rum? Yeah. <laughs> that you can... To put
1: your foot up on. Okay. You want everything to be at the right height, so you want... T- your elbows to be at a 90 degree angle like for where your keyboard is you want the top of your screen to be a little above your eye on a a slight diagonal these are all like
0: top of the screen
1: little yeah
0: just just about eye level
1: because if it's if it's below you're gonna crouch you're gonna fold into Mm -hmm. like a ball elbows
0: 90 degrees I personally really like a handshake mouse yeah that's been one of the best things I bought because it I yeah got had carpal tunnel and that totally fixed it the sideways mouse and it looks cool because you're shaking hands with your computer and then uh the shoes you talked about cool cool like low shotting shoes
1: yeah and you can also put like put put a a ball under your foot roll out your foot have like a little foot mat
0: get some little cat it's like a fidget fidget
1: spinner for your feet that will help you standing for longer. That's a brilliant
0: idea. We should make a giant fidget spinner. An activity mat like, for adults. That people can kick. Yeah. They, I got my dad one a few years ago. It was like an activity mat for adults. It was this sort of like, had like a big shape kind of raised diamond thing in the middle that was exactly for that. So you would like lean on it in different positions.
1: And if you stand, you burn twice as many calories as when you're sitting. Because your leg muscles when you're sitting, they're just like off. They're just like, you're not using them. And then when you stand, they're like, oh, hey. like."
0: Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, I guess. Half your body is not really doing yeah. anything.
1: I mean, I probably burn so. like 75%.
0: I read a stat today that you, while at rest, the human brain consumes 20% of your energy. It is, I'm just they, kidding. That's not how the numbers work.
1: Should I talk really quick about metabolism? Like,
0: so I was going to, I think actually, because we've, we've been going for a while now, this may be a double episode and we'll take a short break here and then we're gonna come back and do nutrition and we'll do history of nutrition and then wrap up about how to eat healthier to meet your like nutrition goals. Cause that's kind of all fitness and we've now covered exercise pretty thoroughly.
1: Let me just say one last thing about exercise, like the exercises you should be doing like that will get you the most results pretty much for anything, like any goal is you should squat. You should lunge. You should do some sort of overhead pushing movement, overhead pulling, a horizontal pushing like a push-up, a horizontal pulling like a row, and then some sort of ab exercise. That's like a a fitness program for you right there. Maybe a a hinging, like a deadlifting motion. But those are like the motions, and you can do them with whatever modality, like a kettlebell, a weight a barbell, some of the body weight modality,
0: meaning technique
1: modality or like area of uh, tool. Okay. Like whatever one you want, that's there's your basic exercise program.
0: Wait, let's run through those again. Cause that was fast. Actually. You can't just tuck that in at the end. I didn't know this valuable content was going to come up. Oh, okay. It's seven things, right. That you just named. I think so. So there was squatting. squatting, which could be with a weight or without there's lunging.
1: Lunging, so a single a single leg movement, but lunging is like the easiest one. Just do lunging because it's like easy. Okay.
0: Then there was uh, arms above your head pulling, like pull ups or like pull downs. Yeah. With weight. Yeah. There's arms above your head pushing, like an overhead, overhead press, press, right? Like like barbells or raise whatever. the roof, the machine. Bitch. get on that Nautilus, that Naughty list, <laughs> and then uh, straight ahead pushing. You said like push ups or bench press. Mm-hmm. straight ahead pulling like a row like a row so that's six and those are all like there's they're all paired thus far
1: yeah you can superset them so you can be like you can be like push-ups rows push-ups rows push-ups rows okay next and then
0: number seven was abs
1: yeah and literally the abs okay i would just do abs with people because everyone wants to do abs like you don't if you're doing all that stuff you don't need because people will be like i want my core to be stronger and i'd be like oh so you feel like your abs look gross and you want them to look better. Like there's literally like no client that I, that I had that was like, I just want my core to be stronger because like they wanted their core to be stronger. Like it was always like a secret way of being like, I don't like my don't stomach. Like my oh, yeah. Okay. There w- and also, okay. So people will be like balance that will be fixed by like strength training. Like if you have poor balance, you're weak.
0: Um, uh, so. and then you, you mentioned like a hinge. Which yes, is, I which guess, your – is kettlebells.
1: A hinge is like a deadlift. So a squat is more front of your body legs and a deadlift is like back of your body legs if you want to think about it.
0: Okay. We'll have to get – talk to your personal trainer about yeah. that one. Don't I don't think, think that specific. comes through in a podcast. But, d- but doing that okay. with,
1: like, with like medium weights and medium rep reps and then just going up when that gets too easy and sort of, like, undulating – that's what every program basically is. Like there's all this like fancy t- stuff, but it's like, it's basically that. And yeah, just do that. <laughs> and it'll, if you're a, if if you want to, if you're a femme presenting a, f- a person and you don't want to be bulky, don't worry, building muscle, if you're like a small person doesn't look bulky. Like you're not, you're not going to like bulk up unless you're eating a fuck yeah. ton of food. So gonna just gonna don't do shapely. that. You're going to look Yeah. You're going to look toned.
0: I did. I don't think I've ever asked you this. So the the whole like uh, you learn in the gym bro days if you're going with your like friends or whatever that like uh, low reps, high weight will like build mass whereas like high reps of low weight builds more I guess lean muscle. Is that true?
1: So all of that which we'll talk about after there is like whether it's lean first of all, all muscle is lean muscle just because <laughs> that's what muscle is. It's lean.
0: Okay.
1: It's not like a well, kind like, of steak
0: that you would, I guess it was talking about the physique you would build by doing the certain exercises that so you'd have a you, bodybuilders physique versus a like runner's physique where they're doing lots of like tons of repetitions of a very low. Like, if you
1: do low weight. Yeah. I mean, sorry, if you do high weight, low reps, you're, you're, generally just going to get like stronger and you won't see any, you won't really see any difference in your physique. If you're, let's say this is assuming that you're eating the same, that your calories stay the same. Cause like nutrition just throws a whole nother thing. So your same diet, right? Uh, you actually won't see a ton of physical change because strength is a skill. It's like a neuromuscular skills so you're going to build a bunch of that but you actually won't see a physical like muscular change that that much with that okay if you're doing high high reps like above 10 reps with a medium i wouldn't say lightweight don't just don't work out with light weights just don't do don't it don't work out with just light don't okay. I, I just like no um, I don't know why. Sure, they let's exist.
0: say you're doing like twelve, or yeah, some people do like twenty. Yes, something. or even doing push-ups if you can do like fifty push-ups. So that's CrossFit like is actually a very high rep. high rep, yeah,
1: thing, and those people have like body bu- They're probably on steroids too, but like <laughs> they, they have like very bodybuilder physiques. Physique. Okay. So a very high rep exercises with like medium ish weights that will make your muscle cells like it will give them a muscle pump and then eventually like what do you call them the striations the like tubular parts of the muscle cell will be like oh my god the roof is like higher i'm gonna grow up Mm. to that roof and you will get like shredded that way
0: okay so it depends again specifically on goals, nutrition's also a big part of Nutrition
1: it. Nutrition is huge. But, That's like But it dist- does
0: sound like sort of depending on the exercises you do, if you shouldn't do you should do higher higher weight, lower rep.
1: I would just say media I would just be like medium. Mm-hmm. I, my my stuff What is
0: medium by the way? Okay. Medium is like 5 to 8 before failure.
1: I would so all my things would be like usually 8 Once you could do like eight reps of a thing, I would usually move up the weight a little bit and we would go to like, we would go to five reps. Sometimes maybe we'd go, you know, we'd take a five, a rep that you could do five with. We do, we'd work you up to five sets of five and then we'd go to like three sets of eight and then we'd work you up to five sets of eight. Do you get what I'm like? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see. That's that's like how pretty much all the programs were.
0: How often should I max out?
1: If, if your goal is a, is like a max, like if you're, oh, oh God, it's like a whole nother, you don't ever need to max out unless you are in a c- competition, like a powerlifting competition. Or it's just, if
0: you are doing routinely doing like bench press or something that like has clear standards for maxing out, it's fun to do every now and then just be like, today's the day, going to get lots of sleep like the night before, I'm going to, I'm going to max out, I'm going to see what I can do.
1: Yeah, I would always, I would always do like a three RM, like a three rep max, or because that way I knew that the I never wanted my clients to fail.
0: Oh, and it's true. And and going for a max is like always. You might fail, you and might then fail. that
1: takes that really zaps like everything out of you because you're like all the adrenaline and everything. So I would always be like, let's see what you can do for three, because maybe they I would know that whatever weight it was, they could definitely do it for like one, so they would never like fail. Okay. You know, so that's that's what I mean, low goals. I trained someone for a powerlifting competition. They won, just Mm -hmm. saying. Of course. We never maxed out. We never did a one rep max the whole time. We only did three rep maxes and they won because they found out their one rep max at the competition and it was better than everyone else's. So there you go. You never have to do that. Did they
0: start at the competition? Did they start with their three rep maxes? Is like a safety weight.
1: I mean, we can get into like how that works <laughs> okay. another time. There's a whole math to
0: it. the weightlifting episode. Yeah, okay. You
1: get three lifts. So, you get three tries at everything.
0: So um, for those who are watching on Instagram or Twitch live, we're just going to stay right here. For those listening to the podcast, we'll catch so you next week.
1: Hi, this is Arnold. You're in.
0: energy, down, up, down, up, down, come on, one more time.